0: All participants will be practicing the social distancing and are communicating from their homes. Please be advised because of this, you may hear background sounds and noises from the respective families. However, we endeavor to bring you quality audio programming. Thank you. God bless.
1: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
0: Welcome to Engage 2.0. Hi, I am Edie from Engage 2.0. Thank you for joining us today. We are about to conclude in this podcast, part two, Who is the Antichrist? So if you missed part one, please go to our anchor lineup and you will find Who is the Antichrist? Part one. So without further ado, let us join the discussion. Be blessed. Alright, so let us look at now C We will think to change times and laws According to Daniel 2.21 It is God who has the nations in control and it is His prerogative alone to change times. For the little horn to endeavor to change times is to exercise the role of God in an attempt to shape history. How has the papacy attempted to change laws? look at the apostasy of the early christian centuries at which time many doctrines and practices contrary to god's will were introduced the papacy freely admits she is responsible for making sunday a day of worship according to lucius ferris roman catholic says the pope is of so great authority and power that he can modify explain or interpret even divine laws I bet that means it, it's coming from the same source we quoted earlier in almost any Catholic catechism the second commandment is completely taken out the tenth is divided into two and the fourth is changed or shortened it's time for a health tip break let us engage your health with sister Smith
1: Hello everyone, here is your health tip for today. The topic is staying healthy during the coronavirus pandemic. We are still in the heat of the coronavirus pandemic and it is so very important that you keep yourself healthy in order to feel well and function optimally. Here are 10 ways you can decrease your chances of suffering from COVID-19. Number one, ensure you keep yourself well hydrated with water, that is with water i repeat with water keep the fruit juices and sugar sweetened beverages at an absolute minimum or better yet stay away from them as much as you can they weaken the immune system number two eat your fruits veggies and herbs especially the green orange and white ones garlic ginger turmeric onion broccoli citrus papaya red peppers spinach, berries, and kiwi are excellent choices. These foods offer lots of immune-loving nutrients like vitamin A, vitamin C, fiber, and antioxidants. They help to strengthen your immune system. Number three, minimize your intake of all types of sweets, refined, and processed foods and beverages. They have minimal nutrition and hardly do anything to support or strengthen your immune system or your health on the whole. So stay away from foods that do not promote your health, rather focus on the ones that promote your health. Number four, do not consume dairy foods and beverages. They encourage the development of mucus which greatly affects the respiratory system by causing more congestion. Remember that the coronavirus mainly attacks your respiratory system. Number five, get active, stay active. Get some exercise at least four times weekly for at least half an hour. And remember that during the day also, you want to remain physically active, not just being lazy, lazy around. Uh, especially during this lockdown, we want to make sure that we're still active in addition to our regular exercise. Your immune system loves and thrives on exercise. Number six, get enough rest and sleep. Children need eight to nine hours and adults need seven to eight hours daily. When you sleep, you allow your body to heal and repair itself. When you get enough sleep, you are able to perform well physically and mentally. Number seven, get some sunshine daily. You get vitamin D from the sun and it is an essential nutrient to keep your immune system functioning well Aim for at least half an hour every day. Your white blood cells Love sunlight. Number eight, do not use drugs, especially alcoholic beverages, tobacco and nicotine. They suppress your immune system and rob your body of essential immune-loving nutrients, especially vitamin C. Number nine, always practice good hygiene. Get daily baths, brush your teeth at least twice daily, wear clean clothes keep your environment clean and sanitized also be sure to always keep your hands clean by washing with soap and water use hand sanitizer only if you are unable to wash your hands number 10 stay at peace god is with us no need to stress or worry about things you cannot change so put your faith hope and trust in god and let him handle it he is definitely able. So put these holistic health principles into practice not just for now but for as long as you live in the coming weeks we will learn in greater detail more about how these principles help to immune, help to optimize your immune system so may you allow yourself to be transformed by the power of the trinity as you seek to win your spiritual physical emotional social and mental health we wish that you prosper in health even as your soul prospers. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.
0: Welcome back from your health tip. This is Engage 2.0. If you're just joining us, you are listening to the conclusion of Who is the Antichrist Part 2. So let us stay tuned and listen in for the remainder of this program. D. The, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time here god is careful to mark off the time of papal supremacy in the aramaic the word translated time in daniel 4 16, 23 25 32 means a year times comes from the same word as time and most scholars agree This denotes two times, or two years. The word which is translated dividing may be translated half. Thus, the little horn power was to be supreme for a time, two times and half a time. When King Nebuchadnezzar was disposed until seven times passed over him according to Daniel 4 verse 25, this was a period of seven years. In prophetic reckoning, there are 30 days to the month or 360 days for one year. Therefore, three and a half times would be 1260 days. In Revelation 12.14, God's church is said to be in seclusion for a time and times and a half a time. In Revelation 12, 6, God explains this to be 1,260 days. The rule for interpreting prophetic time is each day for a year, according to Ezekiel 4, verse 4 through 6. It's actually, let's read that into record. Ezekiel chapter 4, verse
2: 4 to 6. Lie thou also upon thy yeah. side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity. According to the number of the days, three hundred and ninety days, so shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day
0: for a year. The period of papal supremacy began in AD 538, when the Ostrogoths, the last of the three opposing powers, were rooted up. The closing of the 1260 years would be in 1798 what took place at that time in 1798 on february 10th a french army under the leadership of berthier entered rome and took the pope prisoner therefore since the papacy has one spoken great words against the most high two persecuted and put to death the saints, three tampered with god's holy law four and was a dominant power for 1260 years as predicted she is undoubtedly the little horn power to which the prophecy points this prophecy is not speaking against personalities we should always remember that there are many five persons in this communion who loved the Lord but it is speaking about the papal system and its actions know and we talked about that earlier Um, when we look up the definition of the papacy it's talking about a system a governance not so much personalities or individuals and so um, we we find that each countries have laws and so as the laws may differ from the individual who may be carrying out the law for example we have a prime minister here and um, even though he uh, is in charge of the country the laws In which are in place help him in the governance but when an individual goes against certain laws that's that's in the law for the country he himself is not above the law but he himself is to carry out the law and make sure that everybody's equally being affected by the law but when the individual or individuals put themselves uh, above the law and do things contrary to what the law stands then you find that they are trying to be something that they ought not be okay so this is the case we find that there are um an entity like the, the papacy that claims to have the prerogatives of god that they can um that they can dispose of any king or, or prince as they want they could um interpret divine laws and and take it out i guess if they wish because according to um their catechism ten commandments you find that the fourth commandment has been shortened which the 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 fourth commandment is, but one of the longest commandments. And then you find that the second commandment was altogether taken out. Then you find that the the tenth commandment was divided and made two commandments, two in a one separate commandment from the other, to make up their ten. So we because they took out the second commandment. So who who can do that? Who can do that? No, we find no one in the history of the Bible being able to do that. In fact, let's read the account of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to find something very, very, very interesting. In Matthew chapter 5, we find these words. If you have a red letter Bible, you'll find these words as it relates to Jesus. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, and it says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So Jesus himself could not do away with the Father's law. In fact, it was to the laws of God in which Christ died. He paid the penalty for sin. What is sin, my friends? The Bible teaches that sin is the transgression of the law of God. So if Jesus Christ could have avoided death upon the cross by simply rearranging or getting rid of, it would have been done, my friends nobody on the face of this planet can change or do away with god's law if the son of god paid the death penalty for a broken law that he didn't break remember the law was broken in adamson and so this was the this was the law in which he came to ratify this is the law in which the penalty he succumbed to so you and i don't have to pay into that penalty and if jesus himself could not do that what makes you think anybody else including the papacy believe they can do that. It's an impossibility, my friends. And when a power or any individual think that they can do that, they are putting themselves in the place of God.
3: You know, Brother Edie. um this power, I've done that, it also gives another picture that I don't want us to miss out. One thing, this also proved that this is not God's church. Because a lot of people believe this is God's church. This is, the, but really, this is how we know that this is not God's church. If you go to Revelation chapter 12, verses 12 to 14, just look what it says. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. because he knoweth that he had but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he had, he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child and to the woman were given two wings of an eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent two things came up one you identify who thinks he's going to change times in the lord mm. in that one thousand two hundred and sixty years we identify that that is the antichrist that system then we also have in Revelation that identify God's true church and what they will be doing. God's true church but be in the wilderness all through that period of time. Mm. So Guess what? He could not be the victor of Christ. He could not be God's church. And he's not God's God representative on earth. So all those people who comply and believe that are wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, a careful study of the scriptures will bear that out. Because what happens is that um, we, as we're learning, that the word anti doesn't mean to go against doesn't mean to to go against everything the Bible says or an individual who's going to be warring against God and and making a stance against the kingdom of heaven but someone who's going to take the place of as we've seen in the definition and one of the definitions to stand in the place of that means this entity will think or the system will think that they can stand in the place of God and call the shots and that's not the case. God has not given anybody except his son the prerogative to act in his behalf. That's that's yeah. only in Christ Jesus. And now, Brother
3: Edie, he exercised it to the fullest. You know, during that period, they stopped wedding ceremonies. They stopped burial ceremonies. They stopped. Oh, I forget that one. They stopped um, communion. They withhold communion from the people. They also said your family cannot go to heaven. You have to go to purgatory unless you pay what indulgences, so money, mm-hmm. all, repentance. Mm-hmm. So all this, all these prerogatives they were trying to say, they have the key to let you in heaven and to shut you out. All of this was prevalent during that period under the supremacy of the holy, holy See. And people don't understand that in that period they show who they really were. And if you think they have changed, like the brother read earlier. They left and have not changed his skin. And they're doing the same thing right now. Only because the daily and I hope you all realize he uses this this particular individual in our time says the deadly wound is now beginning to heal.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You see what's happening? The Bible the Bible is not short, you know, and if he can say the deadly wound is beginning to heal, what that tells you, he understands prophecy.
2: Yes I remember I remember he said something okay. when I was watching Something live And he said we Should come together for the coming good And You know it's about time we consider Closing up those wounds So uh, when he said Like what? It's only one wound he talking about And yep. that's that same wound the Bible tells you That the beast will suffer a deadly wound
3: I give another one. I give, I give another prophecy that is being fulfilled that we tend to overlook. A couple of years back, they had uh, this this individual. This individual says something rather interesting to United States. He said, "United States, you need to tear down. You need to tear down, down those walls that you have set up." And he said, "Why don't you tear down those walls that you already set up?" And people didn't understand what was going on. A lot of people thought he's talking about the war of Mexico. Yeah, put well, it talking about, about constitutional laws. Constitutional laws, the Johnson Amendment, where he wanted right. he wanted the separation of church and state to be taken away. You see what's going on? And we, we don't understand the dialogue because we don't pay attention to prophecy.
2: He want, he want their freedom to be taken away because he don't believe that these people should have all this freedom. Exactly. See, they, they, they want them to have all the say now and, they, and that is why they try to push their draconian laws now upon america and i guess we guess we
3: reintroduce patents he said you need to pay for your patents so your loved ones can go into heaven
0: but hmm. we have you to see. ask let's ask ourselves the question how how did we get how did we get how do we get um this roman empire to put themselves at a place now where the leadership think that they can act on behalf of God um, but let's go back into the history of the Babylon in interaction with Daniel we've seen where in the book of Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar tried to do something similar to what um the papacy is doing um let's see if we could read that into account here um it says in the book of daniel chapter three and verse okay verse 29 now now we've seen where monarchs are trying to place themselves in a position where they can rule the conscience that they could dictate how you worship um, and when looking at it from, we remember now, we know according to the prophecy that um, these are kings, right? And they, and they rule from a jurisdiction of subject kingdom. So there's no realm here that's crossing the barrier between um, God and the subjects, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel 3 verse 29 says, therefore, I, Nebuchadnezzar speaking, make a decree that every people nation and language which speak anything amiss against the god of shadrach meshach and abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort so even though the mind of the king in the respect of the true god of heaven He made a law or decree that nobody and is this the whole world? Because notice it says that every people, nation and language. Is there anything new under the sun? No, no, right? So we see that here, this king makes a decree that nobody can speak anything against the God of heaven. But was he right? No, he wasn't right. Because you cannot make laws that's going to force people to worship God. God isn't a God that that wants forceful worship. Remember what Jesus said? With? Yeah, he said, I stand at the door and knock. And if you open the door, I will come in and I will with you and you with me. That's what Jesus wants. He wants a willing heart. He doesn't want forceful worship. But this it doesn't stop there. We also see something similar happen later on. In another kingdom that Daniel would just happen to be a part of, the Median Persian Empire. Anybody remember where the king made a similar decree that it crossed between the realm of of humanity and divinity? First, it happened on one occasion that he made a law that nobody in the kingdom shall shall pray or petition any other god except the king. For For 30 days. For 30 days. Right? Right? So he's putting himself in the place of God. Did that stop Daniel? No. Why? Because Daniel knows there's a law that says, thou shall have no other gods before me. So Daniel knew the law of God. And so so now Daniel, I wouldn't say Daniel was in sort of a conflict, but he already knew what he would do. But the king already knew based on what he found out was that he was set up. But what did the king do after that? What did the king do after that? Let's take a look at it. Let's look at Daniel now. Uh, Daniel chapter 6 verse 25 through 28. Then King Darius now wrote unto all the people, nations and languages. Is that the whole world? Yep, the whole world. That dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the god of daniel for he is the living god and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end so here now darius is recognizing who's the true god that there's a god whose kingdom is going to last forever and ever right He's admitting this then it says in verse 27 He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in the earth, earth. who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So we find that this, this king, yet again, crosses the boundary of divinity and thinks he could direct persons to fear God from law. And guess what? I'm sure, because the Bible doesn't give us that, that um, historical background with the Greeks, with the Grecians. But you can read um, the, the one of the works from uh, Flavius Josephus, a, a Christian historian during uh, that time frame. And I'm sure there may be something similar to that effect where there's laws put in place that's going to either have you fear God or to worship God and and god doesn't want that and here we find with this kingdom we find that if you don't worship this beast if you don't worship this the way that this god indicates that you shall be dealt with but god is not like that and thank god we have a picture of god in the face of jesus who wants willing worship who wants persons to worship him in spirit and in truth And this we can know that there is a difference between the God of this earth, the God of this world, because we know that the same language, the same language is the language of Satan. This is the same language that Satan wants, that that Satan in his own heart wants persons to worship him. We find this uh, in the book of Isaiah and in the book of Ezekiel. We find that this entity wants worship at all costs and he doesn't care how he gets it. He just wants it. And the same spirit, this Antichrist spirit, wants to usurp the power as did he usurp the power from Adam. Remember Adam was given dominion of the world? Yes. And then there was this entity that came in and usurped or stole the power from Adam. Well, we are looking at the one and the same enemy using now this particular kingdom for his agenda. We find this in the book of Revelation so when we when we look when we look at this when we look at this antichrist power it is of course in a sense going to war with the laws of god because it has the same spirit that war with the laws of heaven
3: yeah True.
5: you know ain't nothing changes and <clears throat> what what happened in the past happened in the future it just reminded me when um, the pharisees came to jesus and asked jesus why do your disciples transgress laws of the elders uh, and they, they claim that they were transgressing the laws of the elders because they didn't wash their hands before, before they eat, remember that? Mm-hmm. And here, Jesus was trying to tell them, you know, what goes into the mouth doesn't defile the man but what comes out of the mouth, you know, because they were, they just came out of the market and you know, they classified the Gentiles as unclean, so mm-hmm. if you was to eat anything, come out, out, out of the market considered to be unclean so you better wash wash your hands before you eat and so they make so much laws to try and keep God's law but they were breaking God's law mm-hmm. and that's why Christ touched base on them talking about well how you could um uh, alum, did not God said honor thy father and thy mother but they say eat that cursed father and mother
3: let him die to death that. yeah oh, that's what Christ
5: the... said sorry Right. My,
3: my brother, I want to add in something and just something that from history that we know. And we were talking about the many different gods and how they tried to take the wrong of God. One of the things that was famous with the Greeks was they had many types of God. Mm-hmm. And that many type of God came from the Babylonian kingdom. They also had many types of gods, Even though the fire God was their main God, Mador, Mordorka, I hope I say it right, he was the main God for them. But the Greeks were famous for many gods and philosophies. They fill you up with philosophies and God. And we, today, we see it in our society. And you know, I get to learn something that really shocked me because I was a cartoon freak when I was younger. And they call him the messenger god, which we call Flash. We got, um, he is the god of, the the god he is Batman. And um, this is Superman and it goes on and on. And they still have us today in that mind for wow. these different types of God. And we still worshiping them. And they just put them a cartoon characters to deceive our kids, so we could get caught up in these things. And I was so caught up, man. I was so caught up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what is so interesting, is that long as Sadie gets you from focusing from the true God, he got you. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Get you to focus on anything else but God himself. And one of the other things that the Roman, Roman kingdom was famous of was the Caesars or the Kaisers. And once you worship Caesar, who believe he calls himself a god. Mhm. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. So
3: you would not. So you can understand the Jewish people. They say I don't remember there was a part. I I hope to look it up. There's a part in the text Caesar this man I call him god, and there's no other god but Caesar.
4: Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see what's happening We have, we have no other Caesar, king but Caesar. Caesar. called
3: himself God.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So these are, these men, and that's why when you hear the Roman Empire goes over to the papal system, the papal system takes on the same prerogative. He's a king mm-hmm. and he's a God. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He's mm-hmm. a silver man. And he's a, he's a, um, the God himself. That's he says. God on earth, the, and the, give the him, Divider. The, I know it. So you see what is happening yet? so these in each era there's someone saying he is God you know, and guess what we go right back to our personal personal self our personal life the things that we our home, or we pay a lot of attention to we have put them in the place of God they are our idols
0: you know one of the things that that is scary about this whole situation is that there's an agenda to want to usurp the power and prerogative of Jesus And it's because uh, we are told in the book of Acts uh, chapter 4 that there is no there is no other name given amongst men right whereas we could have salvation and it just so happens that um, well I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read it Acts chapter 4 verse 12 neither is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And this is the whole crux of the matter. Christ came to save his people from the condemnation and penalty of sin. But if you have someone who's going to usurp that power and have you follow a different path, a different road, you don't get salvation. You don't ever get to a place where you're free from sin. In fact, you're kept in bondage. And when you look at the Roman system and how it's styled You are kept in bondage There's no freedom Unless you pay for it But woe unto you if you, and even if you pay for it Because only God, according to Exodus 32 Only God can forgive you of sin Moses tried it Moses says, listen Take me out He said, take me instead of them And God told Moses, listen Whoever sinned against me, him shall I blot out of my book which tells me then that no man, no woman can save you from sin, save Jesus Christ. And if there, is a, if there is an antichrist that's coming to take the place or the prerogative of Jesus and twist and turn the laws of God against man, that there's no way out. Guess what, my friends? You're still trapped in your sin. And there's no remedy. This is the style of... Satan he is the one as scripture tells us who traps his prisoners and does not let them go because why Satan knows something that we don't because we don't simply we just don't read the Bible Matthew chapter 20 Matthew chapter 25 I think it's verse 41 tells us something very startling here's what it says Jesus talking then shall he say unto uh, say also unto them on the left hand Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. My friends, Satan has one stop. And that one stop is hellfire. And because he knows this, he is making war out on humanity. And he is using anything and anyone he can to deter his punishment. He wants to make sure, my friends, that you burn for your sins. Sure, people can sign on this joint declaration of of justification by faith. But guess what, my friends? Do you know that the Bible says, faith without works is dead? My friends, they can claim all they want that they believe in justification by faith. But you still have to. Listen, my friends, there's a whole book on faith. I call it the faith chapter. And in that, you find not faith but works my friend Abraham by his works obeyed the voice of God and left his father's house nor by faith he didn't just sit there and say I believe that God would build a boat no he by faith built an ark my friends and got on board by faith Abraham and Sarah had a child but guess what the child just didn't magically appear a- Abraham and Sarah had to have sexual relations my friend See, it's deadly when we think that the whole Christian Protestant world signed this joint declaration uh, justification uh, by faith. Oh yes, that's sweet. But at the end of the day, my friends, like the gospel says, without works, your faith is in vain. Because the, the, the papacy doesn't change, my friends. They still believe in worshiping Mary. They still believe in bowing down and kissing idols, my friends. You don't find that in the Ten Commandments, my friend. You don't, you don't find that in any Christianity in the Bible at all. So what do they believe? They have fooled the whole Protestant world. And as the prophet says, the, the hands of the Protestants are reaching across the Gulf, my friends. An empty, vast space to cling onto the hand of error. My friends, we are living in some serious times where we can have to go on our knees and ask God to show up in our lives. Because what the papacy want, but as we talked about the dark ages, Bible says they're going to wield a gang. and woe be on us if we're not ready. My friends, it's time to get ready and stay ready. As we conclude here, we want to encourage you to study the word of God like never before, my friends, because Satan has an all out vendetta against you, simply because you love Jesus and want to follow and obey the teachings of God. My friends, we cannot, we cannot pass up so great a salvation. But the choice is yours, my friends. And we simply here, in Engage 2.0, invite you to take a look at the materials and study for yourselves. Study for yourselves, my friends. We implore you. We enjoy you. Please study to show yourself approved unto God. We're going to ask Brother Hebron to send us out with a word of prayer. And uh, we're going to have um, a melody played by Brother Lemuel to close.
5: Let's pray. Our Father and God, we thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to go into such a crucial topic today. Lord, I know that it's one that is so heavy. And it's, Lord, maybe sometimes in the minds of people, it's hard to understand. But your word is so true. It is you, O oh Lord, that gives wisdom. Knowledge and understanding. And you have shown us, O oh Father, that we should not be deceived by the errors of man. We know, dear Lord, that we could call upon Jesus for all our righteousness and for all the forgiveness of our sins. As we call upon Him for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord, I ask, O oh Father, that you continue to be with our listeners. Continue to help them, Lord, when they are troubled in their last that they will call upon Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that you be with us continue to lead us by your word, Lord, and help each and every one of us to continue to prepare for your soon coming. We are living in the days of crisis, Lord, and let our lips, O oh Father, only grant blessings and grant, their Father, only the truth those who are in need. May they see Jesus in our lives. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the wonderful privilege today as we study in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Engage 2.0. If you want to contact us, you can do so um, by email at hearttoheartministries242 at gmail.com. There we will be happy to hear from you and to answer any questions that you may have on your mind. Also, if you want to look at our past episodes, you can do that at YouTube. Just type into the search engine "Heart hearttoheart242 and you can bring yourself up to speed. Also, you can hear us via your favorite podcast and we are on anchor and also we are on twitter and facebook so for myself brother Edie, and for my panel of hosts we say maranatha